Great. Hey, you know, I, I, I just, uh, I've, had a, I've had a quite a while to think about the message I should share when I'm first back in the church, about three months, to be honest. But then again, I have been, I had the opportunity to share with you online, and we've been doing that every week. And uh, I hope you were able to uh, glean and, and, impre- and you know, get something out of what was shared on the line, online church that we were doing. But it's just good to be back in the flesh. And actually, instead of looking at a camera, I can actually see faces now. I know that you've been looking at my face and the worship team's face for three months, but I get the opportunity to look at your face. And that's cool right now. <laughs> it's good. Because when you're staring at a camera for so long, uh, you know... It just gets, you know, you kind of got to think about it. But I knew you guys were behind the camera, so I was just imagining you out there watching. So thank you for watching in your bedrooms and, sorry, in your lounge rooms, wherever it may have been. It's been brilliant. You know, this morning, I just wanted to talk to you today about truth. It's, um, it, it's an interesting thought, but, you know, you know, when you stand, uh, you see those court scenes and they say, you know, do you promise to say the truth, the whole truth, nothing but that truth? And we all, uh, I've never been actually to court and have to say that, but, you know, you see the, on television people do that. And, and my message this morning is just entitled Nothing But The Truth, because I think truth is an incredibly powerful thing. Uh, when we, you know, we often want to hear the truth for ourselves, don't we? We want to hear someone, if they're going to speak to us, we want it to be truth. Uh, the thing that challenges me at times is sometimes we don't always give truth back. <laughs> we don't always share truth, but as much as we want it, we don't sometimes give it. And so it's a challenge, isn't it? Um, the Bible actually talks about God in, in Psalm 33 verse 4, and it just talks about God in, in the sense of truthfulness. And he says, for the word of the Lord is right. Okay, the word of the Lord is right. And all his works, and all his works is done in truth. So the interesting thing here is that it, it, it claims, the, the guy who wrote this, the psalmist, it says it claims that God's words are true. And not only are they true, all he does is done in truth. You see, God's, God's incredibly pure in his motive for us. He's incredibly pure in all that he wants to do in our lives. And whatever, he, whatever happening in our life, he does it for our good. He does it for our favor. And he's always going to speak truth to us. He's always going to do the right thing because whatever's happening is he always has to come out of his own, uh, his own character, which is totally pure. God cannot lie. And, and, and it's always truth. He operates in the whole realm of truth all the time. And some of the things we read in the Bible where it's hard to receive, whoa, uh, God, you know, it, it, it might be hard, but it's truth. And the things that are good to receive, we receive those okay, we like that. But sometimes the difficult thoughts or the difficult passages or the difficult verses where it really challenges you, it's still truth. It doesn't change the fact that it's truth. And so... It, um, and I think we're in the, either in the process of resisting God's truth or in the process of being shaped and molded by his truth. I think for me, over different seasons of my life, that, that applies to me. On two, uh, uh, both those occasions apply to me. Either he's, I'm resisting it, not really wanting to, but I'm resisting it or it, I'm being molded by it. So can we talk about the truth about truth today? Can we just, can we just drill down on this thought today? What's the truth about truth. And here's the first truth about truth is that when you live in truth and when you walk in truth and when you're involved in truth and when you act out of truth, life can go so much better. So much better. Because um, we don't function properly without truth. 
We don't function properly. We need truth. We, we, we'd like to think that everybody, every politician is truth, being truthful. We'd like to think that um, when our parents spoke to us when we were children, that they were being truthful to us. We'd like to think our partner or our husband or wife or spouse or whatever they may be is speaking truth to us. We'd like to think that because we, we, we want truth and we operate best. We're not only we're receiving truth, but when we live truth, when we live truthfully, we live honestly before um, God and before each other. Um, there's a verse in the Bible that is interesting because it talks, Paul, Paul wrote this chapter, um, these six chapters to a group of people in, in ancient Greek time it was to the church of Ephesus and in chapter 6 verse 14 Paul is giving us an analogy of a Roman soldier and he's talking about he's talking about a number of things he talks about the shield of faith he talks about the sword of spirit and then he talks about this verse in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 14 and it says this therefore stand therefore having girded your waist with truth okay and then he says and, and having put on the blessed breastplate of righteousness but just look at this therefore stand therefore having girded your waist with what truth truth Truth. and so Paul's talking about that item like we'd call it a belt he's it's it's girthed around the middle here I um three years ago I I had to uh myself and my wife Michelle and I we were going to the Philippines as we do uh, a lot of most years and we we're going to minister and so we'd uh, we're already in Brisbane and we we're going to fly from Brisbane to Sydney to catch our connecting flight through to Manila and um, with Qantas and so uh, we were held up in Brisbane because the weather in Sydney airport was so atrocious that they just couldn't land all the planes they wanted to land at the right time and so they only had one, one runway available and so they held up the flights flying into Sydney and we had to catch a connecting flight now, um, so we got into Sydney late with only about 20 minutes to get to the uh, connecting flight in the, in the Sydney International Airport. And so they, they fast-tracked us through uh, immigrations and all that type of stuff. But we got to the security gate. You know when you've got to go through the thing and you know, they check whether you've you know, got anything metal on you? Uh, like a gun, you know, things like that. And, but they didn't put me through one of those. My wife went through one of those, but I didn't get to go through one of those. I went through the thing that is the x-ray. Who knows, who's ever been through the x-ray and you stand like this? You ever had one of those? Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And so I had to line up for that. And I'm thinking, time is ticking away. The, 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 it's now like 15 minutes to get to the gate, uh, the boarding gate, before we board, you know. And I go through this machine. I thought, oh, this won't take too long. I stand there and the machine goes off with all the bells and whistles. I'm thinking, what in the world? Um, you know, it was, and so I, um, I went back out again and they, they run me over with their little machine and they couldn't find anything. And they say, oh, do it again. So I had to walk right around back, stand in line again. I'm thinking, guys, if only you knew the plane's going to go. And so I stand there again and thankfully it didn't go off this time. Brilliant. I can now get to my boarding gate. No, I can't. Because what had happened on the, on the flight from Brisbane to Sydney, the air hostess had given me another little extra bottle of water. And guess where I put it? In my backpack. And guess where I was taking it with me? And as I'm going through security, they find this liquid. You can't have liquid in a bottle in a backpack going through security. And now they put the bottle to one side. Uh, sorry, my backpack to one side and said, just stand here and wait for the security guard, the security person to check it. And now it's like five minutes to boarding. And I'm going, you've got to be joking. So, so I'm, I'm standing there waiting. And the guy, the security guy who was 
checking someone just before me. He had a backpack, and I tell you what, he had 20 pill bottles in there, and the guy's going through everyone individually. I'm like, <laughs> come on, let me go. I saw three security guards over here to the right, and I thought, maybe they can help me. So I walked over to them. I said, excuse me, I've got, I've got now like five minutes to get to my gate to board the plane to Manila. Could you come and check my backpack for me? And they're kind of standing there going, yeah. <laughs> And so so I walked back to my backpack, hoping one of them would follow me. I get back there, and they're still standing over there. And finally, one of them meandered up to my backpack and checked it out and got the bottle of water out. And I said, that's the problem, and blah, blah, blah. And he gave me a backpack. Now the plane is now boarding. I said to my wife, Michelle, about five minutes before, you know, five minutes earlier, I said, honey, just go, you know, do something, hold up the plane, go and stand on the tarmac. I don't care. Just make sure, don't make sure that plane doesn't go without me. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. And if I'm not, take the plane. I'll find another one in a couple of days. Anyway, I didn't say that, but I thought that. So I, um, I finally kept my backpack. I didn't even bother to zip it up. I put it on my shoulder. Stuff's hanging out of it, like a a coat, uh, everything else. And I'm running with my backpack. It was about then I realized I'd taken my belt off my pants and I put it in the backpack. And as I'm running, my pants are now getting further and further down my leg. And I'm realizing that I'm over 50, so I've got no bottom to hold up my pants. And so as I'm running, as I'm running, I've got one hand on my pants pulling them up, the other one on my backpack. Who knows how difficult it is to run when you can't move your arms freely? So as I run through there, but it was about 300 meters to the gate, I round the corner doing, uh, you know, trying to run like this and holding my pants up. And I see Michelle, she's the last, she is faithfully waiting for me, faithfully waiting for me. Isn't that a great wife? I got there just in time and I jumped on the plane away we went. Now, you might wonder this morning, how does that relate to this verse? It's got everything to do with this verse. Let me share with you because it says here, stand therefore having girded your waist with what? Here's the point. See, when you see when a soldier or a centurion put his his girth, his weight with the belt, everything was dependent. Every piece of armor was dependent on the belt. In the in the days that Jesus, those centurions, those soldiers, the day that Jesus lived, because the belt had the sword hang off it, it had the little you know had the the money pouch hang off it. But more importantly, this is the point: it had the, the tunic of the soldier hung on the belt. And when the tunic of the soldier um, hung on the belt, then it allowed him to move freely. It allowed him in battle to move and, and to do what he had to do, and maneuver around the place. It allowed him to run freely. And I want to tell you, when you have the truth, the belt of truth wrapped around this part of your body, when you have truth in your heart, when you're speaking truth, when you're sharing truth, when you're living out of truth, I tell you what, it allows you to run freely, to move without um, restriction. Um, unfortunately, unlike my episode in the airport, I couldn't move, I was restricted. I tell you what, when the truth truth of God is in your heart and you know you're living right, I tell you what, it brings peace and joy and happiness and hope. It allows you to move and have your being. It allows you to be able to function properly because you're living out of, who knows, when you live out of, out of issues of anxiety or worry or concern or, or maybe anger or bitterness about life, it restricts your movement. Not physically, obviously, but it restricts your heart movement. The way you see people, the way you treat people, the way you treat yourself. 
without truth, and if all these other issues are bombarding you, you find life becomes not free. You see, Jesus actually said himself in Scripture, in John chapter 8, 32, he says this, and you shall know the what? The truth. And the truth of what? Set you free. See, when we live in truth and honesty, it sets us free to have life and have it to the fullest. Living out of truth. See, we can... We've got to be aware. Sometimes we have these things called emotions and, 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 and we have, uh, uh, you know, emotions and we have thoughts and all those type of things and feelings that want to try and invade us. And there's nothing wrong with emotion and there's nothing wrong with feelings. They're all important parts of our makeup. God gave it to us. But sometimes those kind of emotions and feelings about situations and circumstances want to take control of our life. And they want to go against, they want to, they want to be in direct opposition to what is really true. Because you can, know, you can know what God says about something, but then your feeling is in direct opposition to it. You know, you might know that God cares for you, for instance. But right at this moment, you feel like he's a million miles away and doesn't care for you. But you know the truth. And see, so your feelings say, God wouldn't care for you. And yet the truth says, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. And see, they become. And so, what we've got to do is be people who live out of truth, and not just all the emotions sometimes of what's happening. The latest, you know, whatever's happening in the world, it comes across your television screen, and you get caught up in the emotion of it. And you know, you've got to live out of truth sometimes. You got not just sometimes, all the time. And you know what? I've discovered that God's truth, folks, is like concrete foundations. It is absolutely unmovable. That's what we need. It's an absolute truth. It's not just a maybe truth. When God sets things in place, he makes it. He can't, God can't go against himself. And when he states something or when he spoke it, when God in creation spoke the, the, the heavens into place, folks, it, it was going to be there until God said it wasn't going to be there anymore. He made the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets. You know, it was, he spoke it and it was. You can't, and sometimes we can think, well, you know, we can we allow all the emotions and the and the feelings sometimes to think. Well, you know, all these things that want to invade my heart. Uh, you know, God God says to us, "Come on, come on. You've got to stand on absolute truth. Things that are unmovable, unshakable. There's some things in your life that are really solid. That's wonderful. One of them's got to be is God's truth in your heart and life. You know, and, and you know, so that when we face things like, and you know, we, we can answer questions like, "Oh, why can't I have sex before marriage?" Or why can't I take drugs? Or why can't I, you know, lie to my boss? Or why can't I just take a few things from work? Why can't I do that? Now, the, the reality is, is that you can do all of that. But what happens is because there's certain principles and things God's placed in concrete, like absolute truths, when we break them, we're breaking ourselves. When we go against them, we're hurting ourselves. And, and God, God... It's concern for you over that. See, the truth is we can't, God loves us as we are. God loves us. He appreciates it. He reaches out to us. But you know what? When we break the principles that he's set up, they're set up for our good and not for our bad. They're set up. And, and when we sometimes step out sometimes and, and, and break those things, we're actually breaking ourselves as we go against them. And that's the sad thing about when we neglect truth. And uh, allow just our feelings and our emotions to speak to us more than anything else. You know what truth is? It's an ethical prescription. What's ethics? Ethics is just any moral principles that are good, okay? 
ethics. So that's what ethics is. Prescription is like a medication. And so when God gives us truth, it's like a morally good medication for our spiritual life. Obviously not our physical life, but it does flow over into our physical being. And so God's truth is, and when we live by truth, God's words to us, not just, you've got to understand, God's just not giving us, you know, all those, you know, don't do this, or I love your neighbor, um, uh, you know, forgive those who hurt you. All those principles are not just something for us to do to keep us busy. Not just something God invented. And when you do them, when you do the right thing, it's not like you're going to get more brownie points with God. Because he can't love you any more than he loves you right now. He loves you, full stop, whatever you do or say. It's just that we've got to understand when we do those things, it's not to, God doesn't credit us, well, more blessing for him this week or her this week. No, it's not like that. Do you know, you know what it is? is and, and what I've said already, um, you know, if we go against God's word, the truth is we go against ourselves. And that, that um, is something that touches God's heart. He doesn't want to see that happen over our life because that's how incredibly important truth is. You know, when my daughters were younger, I, to- I, I, don't, um, I told them, don't put the fork in the PowerPoint. You ever caught your kids about to do something like that, put something dangerous in a PowerPoint? Thankfully, we caught them, and they never did. But my reason for doing that to them as a loving father is I don't want... It's an ethical prescription for them because I've discovered that when you put metal into a PowerPoint and hang on to it, the body doesn't, re, the body doesn't um, cope with 240 volts going through it. I think you can understand that. And so, you know, by saying don't... I'm not trying to make their life miserable. I'm just trying to help them to understand you're going to get hurt. And when God says, don't do those things, or he sets up some principles of truth, because he doesn't want you to get hurt. He wants you to live free. He wants you to be able to gird up your loins, be able to run free in life and enjoy it, and let the truth of life set you free. Um, The truth that we have needs to be effective effectively working in you there's a verse in the bible i want to just read to you 1 thessalonians 2 13 and it says this for this reason we also thank god without ceasing this is paul speaking to a group of people at thessalonica in 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 greece and he says for this reason we also thank god without ceasing because when you received the word of god which you have heard from us you welcomed it not as the word of men but as it is in truth the word of god which also effectively works in you who believe there's a couple of things i want you to take understand when it says you received the word when paul says to these these people these christians obviously at thessalonica he said you know you received the word that means he, the other english word for it is they took up the word and then he says, you welcome the word in the scripture. And so exactly the same thought you took up. And because you took it up, because you took God's word and applied it, it became effective in you. And so when you take, see, as a Christian, Christianity is more than just knowing about the truth. Christianity is actually letting it be effective in our lives, picking it up and allowing it to do something in our hearts. In other words, when you read the word of God, you thought, oh, that's nice. Don't forget it. Apply it. Say, what, what do I need to apply out of that today? What, what truth is that for my life? Because God wants your life to go well. He doesn't want it to go bad. And he says you need to take a hold of the truth and apply it. And that's what Paul's saying to these group of people. He says, I want the word of God to be effective. I want the truth to be effective in your life. And so there's, it's, it's very important we just understand that. You know, you have a nutritional balance, hopefully across your diet. 
every day, every week. You know, you have vegetables, fruit, and, you know, protein, carbohydrates, whatever. You need a... And and the the truth is, if you have a nutritional balance of food, you're going to find that your body immune system is going to go up and that you'll be effective in warding off any sickness or colds. If you don't eat well, you know, you'll find that your immunity goes down and you can't be effective because in warding off colds and sickness. It's the same with our spiritual man. God asks us to take our lives and to be effective. He says, take my, just don't know the truth. Take a hold of it and apply it. Live it. Live the truth. Um, Because you can know God's love. You can know that God accepts you. You can know that he reaches out to you, but then all of a sudden you may face some rejection. Someone may do something that you feel rejected. And in that moment, do we lash out? Do we get angry or do we retreat back and get depressed? Someone doesn't like me. Someone doesn't care for me. And maybe just maybe that's a sign that you're you're not allowing maybe his word or his truth to effectively work within you. Because maybe if you were there'd be a positive and more wholesome response to what someone might have said wrongly and done wrongly to you. And we've got to think because we've got to apply it. Applying allows us to respond so much different than just letting it sit in a Bible or just never apply his truth to our lives. Um, Psalm 119 verse 105, it says this, uh, Your word is a lamp to my feet. Come on. And your light to my, and a light to my what? Path. Okay. Verse we probably know. Sometimes we read that verse and we think, well, God's just showing me how to walk forward. No, I think sometimes God's putting a flashlight on what, helping you to observe what you're actually looking at or what you're walking on. And sometimes what you're walking on, when you put the, you put the word of God's light over what you're looking at and you think well that's not so good to walk on that i've got some stuff i need to adjust some attitudes i need to give up some some thoughts i need to change some actions i just need to renew and you know i just need to do some stuff here because the the, god's truth will, will shine a light upon your feet and where you're walking now it mightn't be big changes but it's just it's just sometimes it's just a little bit of correction that god wants to bring so that you can life can go so much better it's like driving a car. You don't make rash, just big steering wheel changes when you're driving on the road. It's usually just small corrections get you to the place you want to go. It's the same when you, with God's word. You just need to take it, receive it, apply it, and you'll find as you apply the flashlight upon where you're walking, you'll see, I oh, don't need to go there, but I, I, let's walk this way. God just wants you to apply his truth. Because we can know it. You know, you can be a Christian for decades, years, and know all the Bible, but you've got to apply it. You've got to be, in Paul, as Paul says, be effective in helping it to work in your life. Letting it be effective. Letting it be effective. I, uh, I, um, past, this past week, I, um, my mum uh, had been sick for several, eight weeks. Eight weeks she's been sick. And two weeks ago, she passed, passed away. Or last Friday, I should say. And, um, and she, she knew Jesus, so... You know, heaven was a destination. Um, I asked a question about halfway through that sickness time, about five weeks into it. And I said, I was just asking God. And you know what? I want you to know God doesn't mind your hard questions. In actual fact, a lot of us should be asking him a lot more because and just giving God an opportunity to answer. Because you'll find he loves the answer. You know, he's not going to get upset. He's just going to answer it. 
And I asked God, I said, God, you know, my mum's sick. And would it be good that if maybe she was, could go home as in heaven? And, you know, and I had that thought, why, why is she still alive? And as quick as I asked it, the thought really came back to me. And this thought came back. What, what do you think? Why do you think this sickness that she's facing is all just all about her? In other words, don't you think that God wants to do something in your heart at this time? And maybe your brothers and sisters, their heart as well, and do something in their life? And I thought, you're right, God. And then that verse came to me, the truth of that verse. All things can work together for what? Good. For those who love the Lord. All things can work together for good. And I stood on that. And when I was at the um, funeral, I shared that truth. I just shared what I just shared with you, that what I forgot had spoken to my heart about and that verse particularly you know came up and so so I um I shared that and my eldest sister uh, who uh has never responded to Jesus well I don't know she's certainly uh, I love her dearly and I love all my sisters and my brother but I've never known if she's responded and so but she came to me up after the service and she said you know when you shared that thought about all things work together for good and that maybe mum's sickness was just not about her but it was about us as much as her you know it just helped me to see some truth and understand what's happening it has just lifted like this burden off my shoulders of understanding what's happening and it's amazing even though she may not acknowledge all of God how I'd love her to it's amazing how truth can set people free and help her to understand how to cope with the next season of her mum now not being around. And I just thought, God, you're so good. But that's what truth does. It helps us to understand how to move forward, how to live, have our, to live and breathe and have our being. And I wonder if here today, you know, you're walking through life and, and you know, there's been ups and downs. Well, all of us face that. And there's times when you don't understand the way forward. It's very cloudy. It's very, and you're wondering, God, what's the future hold? Where are we going? And you know what? I find God, just like that verse, Psalm 119, he just give us enough light to take the next step. And he asks us to trust him. He asks us to trust him. I think there's some people here this morning that God just would be saying to you, God's just asking you to trust him. Because you want to know what's happening in years to come. Well, you know, maybe if you knew that, you wouldn't want to go there. But it'll just give you enough light for the next step you've got to take. And so I want to encourage us. The first thing we've got to do is I think we've got to shine some light upon our path and look at it. It means we probably have to read his word, take his truth into our hearts. And we have to talk to him through situations and be open, responsive to him. So I'd like to encourage us today in, in this uh, principle of truth. Um, and I wonder if this morning the musos could just come back up. I just love, could it be, um, I'd just like to pray for you where you are right now. Just where you sit, if you could, if you could I could do that. So while they're coming, let's just for a moment, give me just a moment. Father, I thank you today. I thank you for every person in this building. I thank you, Father God, that you, it's not some accident that we're here. It's not some, um, uh, you know, just some moment in time where we just happen to find to come along to church. No, I think there's uh, appointed times for you. And that, Lord, that you have purpose for each of our lives. And, Father, we, we, we genuinely need your principles of truth in our life. Father, forgive us where we've probably just, you know, swayed or, or, or walked away from your truth. 
And because of that, the pain of life, we've possibly now come back to you. But help us to walk in your truth. Help us, Lord, to not be shy away from the, the hard things and say, I've got to live in truth and not just hearsay or not just feelings or not just emotions. Father, we need you more than any other time in our lives. It says you without you, we can do nothing, Lord. And we just acknowledge that we need you in our lives. Father, we thank you today. And we ask for your help and strength in Jesus' name. Everyone agreed, said? Amen. 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 You know, um, I pray that you would just um, take some time to reflect upon life and, and say, you know, is there some, some, some things I just need to drop off and there's some things I need to pick up, some truths I need to live by, some attitudes I need to just let go. You know, God can help you do that so that relationships can go better, so that whether that's in the workplace or in the home, so that your relationship with him can go better and we can walk freely in life and not bound by stuff that just wants to pull us down, lies and stuff. So, amen. Well, church has been, uh, obviously, this is our first Sunday back and it's been a bit different. I, I acknowledge that and uh, how we've done church over today, but uh, it's good. I'm glad you're here and being part of it, our first Sunday back. Um, I just had a couple of quick announcements, if that's cool. Some things that I just want you to uh, be aware of that's happening in the life of our church. And uh, uh, one of them is, is that if you're volunteering or serving in our church, we just have a COVID training plan that we do with every... And if you've not yet done that, we're going to actually have one of those courses this week coming on Thursday night, 6 o'clock here in the auditorium. And we'd love you to be a part of that. You can come and just tell one of the uh, team uh, before you leave and they'll pass that information on to the, those who are doing the training. But we just need all our volunteers at this time to come and do that training. We'd appreciate you attending if you came on Thursday at 6 p.m. Um, when you leave today, uh, I'm just uh, uh, eventually leave the building. You're free to stay. Uh, as long as you want, because we haven't got another service happening after this. But the, you'll notice we're going to leave on the left-hand side of the bollards. And when you leave, you go out that way and out around the back. Uh, you probably actually can go anyway, because there's no one else coming. Um, there you go. <laughs> that was only the information for the first service. Uh, the other thing is, is Revolution Youth are coming back in a couple of weeks, Okay. So, uh, term two has been online, and um, I'm sure you've been those who've been watching and enjoying that. But they're excited to be back, and they'll be starting the 24th of July, Friday night, seven till nine for all high school age students. Uh, that'll be happening in the hall at the back, or maybe in this building. Just stay tuned. You can look on Instagram or Facebook for all the details. So, 24th of July, uh, and at 7 p.m. The other thing, uh, tour de chaplain, which is a fundraising thing that supports our school chaplains okay so that is coming on the 1st of August and uh, you can register online at uh, at uh, gladstontourtochaplain.org and if you register and uh, you can help support that there is it's an it's a um, uh, virtual event uh, so it's not actually going to be no one's going to be conducting it 
but you can go ride the 100 kilometers with a group of friends. You can just ride 30 kilometers with a group of friends on your push bike. You can just ride on your training bike at home if you want to. You can do so many kilometers there. But it's, um, or if you want to walk or run, you can do a 20-kilometer walk or a 20-kilometer run. There's a bunch of us guys who are going to do a 20-kilometer run. You're going to raise some money. So chaplaincy would appreciate that. Of course, with the whole COVID thing, they can't do the other thing. It would be difficult to get everybody together because there's usually around 80, 90, 100 people involved in this. So we just encourage you. You can grab information uh, once again off that um, the Gladstone uh, Tour to Chaplain.org website. Okay? So... Um, one last thing we're going to do this morning before we close is um, we have, uh, as normal, we, we usually take up offerings. We're, we're actually not going to be taking up an offering this morning. And actually, in fact, we probably won't be taking up offerings uh, anymore because a lot of you, as our church people, have actually registered online and you're just giving online giving. And thank you for all of those who have done that. We do really do appreciate that. Um, there is the opportunity this morning to give um, via FPOS if you want to. And there is the opportunity, if you have your physical tithe and offerings, you can put it in the box at the back there. You're welcome to do that as well. We do encourage you, where as much as possible, to uh, just to go online. Uh, that'd be great. I was just reading this verse afresh uh, this, today, actually. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. And it just says this. It says, bring the whole tithe in the storehouse. There may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. Interesting. When you give the tithe, God becomes your provider. It's not like you're forcing him. It's just it automatically happens. God can't because he says, I'm there. When you give the tithes and offering, I'm there. I'm your provider. There was a guy in the Old Testament called Abraham, actually well before the Old Testament law was established, three or four hundred years before. And he never saw God. He never named God as God. He always named him as Jehovah Jireh, which literally means my provider. That's how Abraham lived his life with God, as his God is his provider. And I want to tell you, when you give the tithe, God oh, it becomes your provider continually he's a continual source of provision because it says here in scripture it says um will i not pour out so much blessing now it's interesting you think blessing we often think blessing that word uh, to mean that god's gonna pull back into us and provide for us he will do that but the word blessing actually means to kneel or to lift your hands or heart in in praise or thanksgiving that's what the moon see when god looks after us and provides for us he says Often our response will be, God, I just give you thanks. <laughs> I just, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for your provision. And that's the response, God. God wants to pour out. And you might say, how could that be a blessing to me? I tell you what, when you thank God or praise God or worship God, I tell you what, you, you get incredible blessing in your life because it does something within us to do that. And God says, I'll be your provision. And the more he provides, the more we thank him. And the more he provides, it's just this endless cycle of what God wants to do in our lives and look after us. Quite literally, I've been decades and decades just proving this simple verse, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. God's provision. And so today as we come, I want to encourage you is to give your tithe. If there's offerings that's over and above anything else, you're welcome to participate with us in that way. So can we just stand this morning and finish?
And we're going to uh, actually just sing a song to finish and give him praise. And uh, it's been great to have you with us. Come on, team. Thank you.